0: Hey there friends, welcome to the Taking Your Next Step podcast from Collegians for Christ. Through each episode, we will journey together focusing on knowing what you believe and why you believe it. If you are eager, like I am, to strengthen your faith and take your next step now by joining us in today's episode. Over our next few episodes, we're going to examine the importance of the resurrection. Uh, As we think about the resurrection, it is the most important teaching of Christianity. Why? Because without the resurrection, uh, there is no Christianity. Jesus Christ would be nothing more than just another person who lived in history on earth uh, that maybe just lived a unique life, but we understand the Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Now, one thing I want to do on this episode is I want to step away from Scripture, and I want to see, are we able to know anything at all about Jesus if we did not have the Bible? Please understand that I'm not removing the Bible, or that the Bible is not needful or relevant, or uh, the Bible is what gives us the full story, but Within our ministry to college students, I bump into students many times, and I'm sure you will encounter people in your workplace, community, class, so forth, that just don't believe the Bible. Now, we can share stuff from the Bible. The the, the Word of God is the power of God. Uh, we understand that faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. I don't want to dismiss that or minimize it, so please don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But when we can take some outside sources and begin to build a case or begin to give reasonable proofs uh, that will confirm the Bible. Many times that can help people uh, to either believe the Bible, to maybe have greater thinking into that account and so forth. And so if we didn't have the Bible, can we know anything at all about Jesus? I want to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Like I said, I don't want to dismiss the Bible. Um, I know sometimes people will uh, hear you say something, well, if we step aside from the Bible, you can't step aside from the Bible. The Bible is, you know, the, the word of God, the Bible is what declares the resurrection. And yes, 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 hundred uh, percent. But sometimes we need tools and we need sources to go along with scripture to help people that are really struggling. Some people are just critical. Some people are skeptical uh, and they're not interested in pursuing the truth. Uh, we have some students here recently that are very interested in pursuing the truth, but they just do not believe the Bible is God's word at this point. Now we can stop and build a case for scripture um, and we can do that from outside sources, the manuscript evidence, all of that showing the historicity of Scripture. Same thing goes with the resurrection. And so we've done this with some students and just this past week after going through some of this, this historical stuff and then also what Scripture teaches uh, came back and said, well, look, I now believe without a shadow of a doubt that Jesus Christ lived That he died and he was crucified and I believe he was resurrected. Now, I don't fully understand how he can die for our sins or take away our sins. uh, But before this, this uh, student had no belief in that at all. And so, using some of these outside tools, sources has been very helpful. So, First Corinthians chapter fifteen it explains to us in great detail. This is a probably the earliest account of the gospel. Paul is writing it. It's written before the gospel records records were written, uh, and he gives us in great detail what the gospel is. He said, "For I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received: how that Christ died for our sins, and notice this according to the Scriptures, and that He was buried, and that He rose again the third day." According to the scriptures. And so, twice there, Paul emphasizes look, this happened, and it was as scripture said, as scripture prophesied. Nothing was outside of scripture. So, always tying it back in to scripture. What is the gospel? It's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. But also, notice he doesn't stop there that he rose again the third day, he connects it there and he says, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the 12. And after that, he was seen of above 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me also as of one born out of due time. Now, why does Paul take such care to share with us about this, these accounts with people? Because Paul was writing to his audience and he said, look, The resurrection of Jesus Christ, I'm telling you that because I have experienced it. I'm telling you that because it lines up according to scripture. But also there are many eyewitnesses to what happened. It's not just me telling you this, you can imagine this, and some other world religions may kind of fall into this category where one person has this encounter, this angelic encounter, this vision or whatever the case may be, and they tell you that. Now, depending on your character and how trustworthy you are, I may or may not believe that, but... Uh, You may think, well, he's crazy. Or you may say, well, uh, I mean, I I think he's somewhat trustworthy, but the story sounds kind of off kilter, whatever the case is. But when I begin to say, hey, not only I experienced this, but 12 other people here experienced it. Not only 12 other people, look, this person and this person experienced it. Not only that, 500 plus people experienced it. How much more are you going to believe that this truly happened when there's this many people that experienced it? And not only that, notice what Paul said. He said, many of them are still alive today, meaning go and check it. Fact check the story. Call in question the truth that I'm teaching you here. So what is Paul saying? He says, look, there were many eyewitnesses to the resurrection of Jesus. So Paul is building a defense, if you will, of what he's proclaiming. And so as we come to the resurrection, my question is for this episode, can we know anything about Jesus outside of Scripture? And I want to tell you, we can know a lot about Jesus outside of Scripture. And what this does is just confirms the truth of Scripture. Now, I don't want to go into great detail reading some of these historical accounts. I will uh, make a link available there uh, where we'll put it on our website um, for you to be able to to have access to it. Uh, But there are six what we have for this study, there are six non-Christian sources, meaning they are not believers trying to make you believe because they're believers. These are historians. These are people that are non-Christians that wrote historical accounts uh, during the first and second century that tell us something about Jesus. And so I'll just read a few of these. I don't want to bog us down. I know sometimes you start reading historical stuff, people start yawning and so forth, but this is very important. And you may say, I don't really need this right now, but guess what your coworker may. I have many students as we went through this uh, come back and say, wow, I, I just used every bit of this material with a coworker, with a classmate, with my roommate, doormate, and so forth, because they just don't believe the Bible, and they're wondering how can I even make a case for Jesus? They're, they're thinking Jesus is just a myth, that Jesus is a legend, because the writings came so much later and there's really no factuality or historicity to Jesus. So the first one here is Joseph Josephus, and he was a Jewish historian, and he wrote around, eight he was born, and he Anyways, between A.D. 37 and 100, so he writes during the first century, and he says this, At the time there was a wise man who was called Jesus. His conduct was good, and he was known to be virtuous, and many people from among the Jews and the other nations became his disciples. Pilate condemned him to be crucified and to die. And those who became his disciples did not abandon his discipleship. They reported that he appeared to them three days after his crucifixion and that he was alive. Accordingly, he was perhaps the Messiah concerning whom the prophets have recounted wonders. So great. Here's a historical uh, recollection or uh, recollection, if you will, of what happened. So what? Well, here's someone that is not a believer that writes And this is what we learn about Jesus. We understand that Jesus was a real person who lived. We understand Jesus was a wise and virtuous teacher who performed wondrous works. We understand he was condemned and crucified under Pilate. We understand his followers reported that he appeared to them after his death. And also this Jesus was believed to be the Messiah. That is a lot of good information that is historical. And this is outside of Scripture. This does nothing more than to do what? to confirm what Scripture already teaches. Now we can go to another historian, Tacitus, and he described Jesus around, uh, anyways, he was born AD 56 to 117. So there in the first, late first century, he's writing, Consequently, to get rid of the report, Nero fastened the guilt and inflicted the most exquisite tortures on a class hated for their abomination called Christians by the populace, Christus meaning Christ from whom the name had its origin suffered the extreme penalty during the reign of Tiberius at the hands of one of our procurators Pontius Pilate and a most mischievous superstition thus checked for the moment again broke out not only in Judea the first source of the evil, but even in Rome, where all things hideous and shameful from every part of the world find their center and became popular. Now, we learn some things about Jesus here, very important things. Now, he's writing uh, the historical aspect of Nero uh, persecuting Christians, and maybe you've heard about that uh, through preaching and different things. And what we learn here is that Jesus was a real person, but now we learn this, that he lived in Judea. We understand he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, and he had followers who were willing to be persecuted for their faith in him. And it's interesting here. It said this mischievous superstition spread. What is that? And it says it was checked for a moment. What he's saying is, look, this mischievous superstition, that is Christianity that is the truth of the word of God spreading and there. You have to remember, this is a skeptic or a uh, unbeliever that's writing this. So they're not going to say, hey, the gospel was going forth like you and I would communicate it. But he says, this most mischievous superstition, thus check for a moment, they thought they stopped it. Again, broke out not only in Judea. So what else do we learn? We understand that as Jesus gave his life and was resurrected, his word, his message, his followers continued on. Exactly what we read where? In the book of Acts. Now, another historian here, Marabar Serapian, I guess is how you'd say it, uh, right around the first century, uh, late first century, uh, early second century talks about Socrates, talks about Pythagoras, and talks about Jesus. And I'll try to condense this real quick. It says, In a moment their land was covered with sand. What advantage did the Jews gain from executing their wise king? It was just after that that their kingdom was abolished. God justly avenged these wise men. The Athenian died of hunger. The Samaeans were overwhelmed by the sea. The Jews, ruined and driven from their land, live in complete dispersion. But Socrates did not die for good. He lived on in the teaching of Plato. Pythagoras did not die for good. He lived on in the statue of Hera, nor did the wise king die for good. He lived on in the teaching which he had forgiven. Now understand this is kind of some old language as it's written, meaning he didn't their, their death was not unprofitable. They lived on in their teaching. So what do we learn here about Jesus? Jesus was a real person. Again, we learn that who was a wise and influential teacher that died for his beliefs. We understand the Jews had a part in his death. Is all this ring of Baal? It's what we read in Scripture. The teachings of Jesus were lived on in the lives of his followers. And so we learn a lot there about Jesus. Another historian here uh, writes, it's actually a church theologian, uh, writes citing an unbeliever here in one of his works around the uh, early uh, 2nd century. Now it says, uh, now I can't pronounce his name, Phlegon, I guess is how you want to say it in the thirteenth or fourteenth book of his chronicles, and so he's citing what he said here, uh, falling into confusion about some things which refer to Peter as if they referred to Jesus, but only I'm sorry, but also testified that the result corresponded to his predictions so that he also, by these very admissions regarding foreknowledge, as if against his will, expressed his opinion that the doctrines taught by the fathers of our systems were not devoid of divine power. What is he saying here? He's telling us that Jesus had the ability to accurately predict the future. He says it uh, in a way that's like, begrudgingly, I, I, I don't I mean, I hate to say this, but Jesus had a knowledge of future events. Let me, I need to back up. I not only ascribe to Jesus a knowledge of future events, but also testify that the result corresponded to his predictions. There you go. I want to make sure you get the full context there. It's trying to, to condense it for you. But it's saying that Jesus had the ability to accurately predict the future. They're saying, look, what the man said actually happened. We don't fully understand it, but it's like, Wow. So we understand he was had the ability to predict the future. Jesus was crucified under the reign of Tiberius Caesar. So now we understand more of the governmental uh, uh, history about it, who was in power, which allows us to do what? To place the resurrection at a specific time and place. We understand when Jesus was crucified, there was a great darkness and earthquake that occurred. That was a little bit further down in the writing. Numerous sources cite that and try to figure out why on earth was there this great darkness and earthquake. Do you remember that in the resurrection story? What I'm doing here is to show you that the resurrection of Jesus Christ is a real historical event that occurred in a real place at a real time. And if this is the case, we should expect to find information about this event in both the Bible, but also in sources outside of the Bible. And it's amazing to me that Christianity hinges Not on what one person says, but an actual historical event to where God says, look, you can prove me. You can trace it back. You can go through and you can find the historical event actually happened to base what I'm telling you, to base your faith in. This is not just one thing someone's telling us. And and it's good. Faith is good. We're to believe on faith. But God said, I'm going to ground this not in some one person receiving golden tablets or one person having some type of angelic experience and they're writing to you all but I'm going to write about this historical event that happened at a specific place at a specific time. And if that's what happened, you should expect to find the people that were in power during that time, the government that was in power, the town, uh, the time frame, the person, all of that. And what do we find? We find all of that. Let me just read real quickly two last ones here. They're very short. Uh, Lucian of Soda, a Greek writer, described Jesus this way. The Christians you know worship a man to this day, the distinguished personage who introduced their novel rites and was crucified on that account. So quickly we learn that Jesus was a man who was worshipped as God by his followers. Jesus was crucified, and Jesus was crucified for his beliefs and teachings. And then lastly, we could look at the Jewish Talmud and see some of the ancient writings from the rabbis and stuff. They said this, Jesus practiced magic and led Israel astray. Remember, they're writing from an unbelieving perspective. It was taught on the day before the Passover, they hanged Jesus. A herald went before him for 40 days. He was stoned because he practiced magic and enticed Israel to go astray. Let anyone who knows anything in his favor come forward and plead for him. But nothing was found in his favor, and they hanged him on the day before the Passover. So here we learn that Jesus had the ability to perform miraculous works. We've already heard that. Here's another source confirming that. Now, they say it from a skeptical viewpoint that he practiced magic. They don't mean that in a positive light, but we understand that Jesus had divine power that that jesus worked the works of god that jesus performed miracles now they looked at it as magic they looked at it as superstition they looked at it as uh well he had some ability to predict the future we don't quite understand why we also learned that jesus was crucified under the reign of tiberius caesar on the day before the passover so let me sum this up for you real quick Based on all that we learn from this, just these six non-Christian outside sources, there are more, and there are many Christian ones uh, during that time frame, we can construct this description about Jesus. All right, I'm going to sum it up for you. Here's what we can find with no Bible. Jesus was a real man who lived at a real period in time. Jesus lived in Judea. Jesus had wonderful, wondrous power to do miraculous works. Jesus could predict the future. Jesus was the wise king of the Jews. He was accused by Jewish leaders. He was crucified by Pilate during the reign of Tiberius. We're getting very specific, a specific time under a specific people. There was darkness and an earthquake when Jesus was crucified. Jesus reportedly resurrected after his death and was seen by his followers. Jesus was believed to be the Messiah. Jesus was called the Christ. Remember Christus. Jesus' followers were called Christians and were persecuted for their faith in him. A superstition spread. Think about that. All the information provided by outside sources confirms exactly what the Bible teaches about the life of Jesus. Clearly. The fact that Jesus was a real person who lived and died by crucifixion and was resurrected from the dead is a historical fact that is supported by much evidence. And so when somebody begins to tell you that Jesus is just a myth or Jesus is uh, not really maybe no, nothing more than a historical person, you can take outside unbiased sources and construct or build or paint a picture, a true picture of who Jesus is that goes much further than just saying, hey, Jesus was a real man who lived in a period of time. No, we can tell you lots of things about Jesus. And not only that, then we can transfer into Scripture and begin to use Scripture to undergird that foundation. We understand this is kind of like we would refer to general revelation. We understand Scripture would be special, that it gives us the great details about who Jesus is uh, and so forth. And so we need Scripture, but this will allow you to make a case Uh, for the person of Jesus to trace it back and it's undeniable you can't deny if you don't believe scripture then you have to say well you can't know history at all now there are some people like that and we can talk about that but we understand we can know history because we can know what we did yesterday and last week and last month and so forth and so I hope that's been a help to you we'll look at on our next episode what exactly happened there on the cross as Jesus died join with us on that episode